0: in your Bibles. We're not going to read it as of yet, but just go ahead and turn there if you want to, the book of Matthew, chapter number 5. We're going to uh, talk about a in, or introduce a topic uh, that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Um, and so I want to begin with this uh, simple question. Actually, I want you to uh, look at everybody else when I ask it, Matthew chapter 5, because if, if you don't answer the question correctly, I expect the person next to you to look at you weirdly, because something is seriously wrong with you. We just went through a whole series about the blessed man, right, and the answer that we... We kept asking during that study that everybody, for the most part, kept answering is that we all want to be blessed. And so I want you uh, to watch your neighbor because if they don't respond in the affirmative to this question, we may need to contact a professional for help. Are you ready? How many of you would like to live in a manner that God will bless? (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I think everybody's going to make it out safely tonight, praise God. So we, we are on the heels of talking about the blessed man, uh, and so we are, we are going to uh, not continue in that chapter, not continue talking about that particular subject, but it's amazing how the scripture goes hand in hand, that the scripture helps itself that's that's the word of god that's what god has intended and and we get different application even though uh uh, we we may seemingly at points talk about similar subjects when we talk about being blessed there are many aspects of being blessed there are many methods ways means that god gives us to be blessed praise god And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at one of those keys of being blessed. Uh, Now, if you walk and live as the blessed man, uh, then you are already uh, well on your way. You're already, you've already got the head start uh, on those who who are not. Uh, But we're going to try to help them in this new series. Uh, But even the blessed man... uh, has to wrestle at points because you remember the blessed man the blessed man uh he makes choices uh, of those those things to abstain from those things to cast out of his life he 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 uh, doesn't uh uh, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly doesn't stand in the way of the sinners he doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful so he rejects those things in his life but his delight remember is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. And so that blessed man has learned something about what it means and how to be blessed. And so what we're doing tonight is we're, we're going to look a little differently at what the blessed man does to be blessed. When his delight is in the law of the Lord, uh, there, there are going to be times of struggle. Amen. There's going to be times of discouragement there be times of testing and trial. Now, the, the, the Psalm 1 doesn't talk about that. It just talks about what, what he rejects. But it doesn't talk about necessarily what he has to go through. How many of you know, and I, I know it's a, somewhat of a rhetorical question, but I want you to think about it. Uh, but how many of you know that... that you know, when you go through trials, when you go through testings, when you go through troubles, that sometimes you can get discouraged, and that discouragement can cause you to to maybe not focus, to maybe not uh, pay as close attention, to maybe not serve in the same manner that you normally would because you're going through some some struggles and your mind gets gets turned elsewhere. You're not walking away from God. Don't misunderstand me. But maybe your attention is drawn elsewhere. And so even the blessed man needs to periodically reassess, reevaluate their relationship with the Lord. And realize, am I still hungry? Am I still thirsty for the things of God? We're going to pull a scripture out of uh, what is known as uh, the the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapter number 5. We're going to read one verse tonight. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. blessed are they which do what's the word? hunger and thirst after what? righteousness and then what's going to happen? they shall be filled praise God even the blessed man has to eat even the blessed man has to drink Now we're not talking about physical food. We're talking about spiritual food and drink. So we're going to talk over these next few weeks about developing a righteous spiritual hunger. Developing a righteous spiritual hunger. By the time I'm done tonight, you're going to be hungry. He's already noticed it. He's he's going to be talking about this the whole time I'm teaching. He wants the steak and he wants the mushrooms. (laughs) You're, You're already trying to determine how that would look on your table. The Lord says that there is a special blessing for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In reading this passage... Uh, you can begin to re- recognize why, or, or you begin to, to, to recognize maybe in, in our world, in the people around you, even among the saints of God, that it's amazing how, how it seems like so many people are really not hungry and thirsty for the Lord. By the time I'm done tonight, somebody's going to have looked at that picture the whole night and you're going to be what's called hangry. You're going to be looking at your watch, pastor's talking too long, I'm hungry. Praise God. But the issue is, is, is why are we not more hungry and thirsty spiritually? Why don't I have a greater hunger for the Lord? So we're going to talk about what are some of the keys to developing a righteous spiritual hunger. How can we become more God hungry? How can we become more God hungry? I, in my life, and I pray for you in your life, that you are willing, that you are wanting as you grow and develop in the Lord, that you're wanting to commit to greater change, to deeper understanding, to growing in the Lord, in your own life, becoming more desperate for Him. Now, there are pictures circulating. My grandson... Is becoming famous among more and more people. But all those pictures that people post of how cute he is, how handsome he is, they do not capture the moments when he can't get enough attention quick enough because he's hungry what happens in a baby when they get hungry they don't care who hears them they don't care who's looking at them they don't care what their arms and their legs are doing (laughs) because they're hungry and they're gonna let you know they're hungry They say there's only, there's when a baby starts screaming and crying, there's two things you got to check. Well, I'm not talking about the first, or maybe I should probably say the second. But you check that one, but you also make sure that the child is fed. And folks, that's what we need to be doing. We need to ha- have an understanding tonight that it doesn't matter who's looking at you, doesn't matter who's around you, doesn't matter if you've got more exuberance in your worship, if you've you've got more desperation in your praises or your prayers, it doesn't matter. Why? Because you're hungry. You want more of the Lord. You're, You're thirsty for Him. And so I'm hoping over these next few weeks that you'll join me in this quest of renewing, developing that righteous spiritual hunger in our lives. Now, let's be honest tonight. Every one of us can fall prey to the trap of simply going through the motions in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. I'm I'm glad everybody's in agreement because I can... I can tell you from, from my perspective, we've all gone through it, and I've watched it. And it's okay to be honest with ourselves like that. As long as we're not happy to stay like that. One of the greatest frustrations in my, my uh, secular job is, is uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a... Some of you, some of you might, might think that pastor's stepping out of his norm... But I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'm the support for for my team at work. And it's all done through through chatting. Because we're we're all over the place. But I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'm it, it, well, well if, if all caps is yelling at somebody, I guess I'm I'm yelling at them all day. But I'm I'm telling them I believe in you. I'm telling them that you can do it, that you you can you you can get this, you've got this, and I'm I'm posting uh, uh, what, what's called memes and i and 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 gifs or gifs however you want to say it. I'm, I'm I'm posting those things all day every day, and I'm trying to encourage my team to get on board and 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 not just go through the motions, but help our clients and 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 do their job well and and have success and 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 that's my wife can testify. That's what I'm doing all day long. And the frustrating thing that I have to deal with at points, and maybe somebody's watching from my team, I don't know, but is when somebody just doesn't want to be moved. When they just want to do what they're doing, and they don't want to be changed. You can't can't say anything that's going to change them. You can't do anything that's going to move them. They're just going to do what they do. They're not motivated by incentive. They're not motivated by the cheers. They're not motivated by the funny gifts that I'm putting in in chat. How do you motivate somebody like that? You see, the the, the reality is, is, it's not somebody else that's doing it for you. Eventually, you've got to own it for yourself. So when we talk about developing a righteous spiritual hunger, we know that there are points and there are times that we go through the motions because we've got so many things going on in our lives and so many issues that we're dealing with. And sometimes when we come to church, we're just glad we made it. And folks, I am too. I'm glad you made it. I'd rather you be grumpy here than at home. I'd rather you be tired here than at home. I'd rather you have your worries and stresses here than at home. Why? Because when you get into the presence of God, anything can happen. When you get into the house of the Lord together with God's people, anything can happen. And God has a way of stirring things up in us that gets our minds off of those other issues and back onto Him. In those moments, what's happening is our righteous spiritual hunger is being stirred up again. Folks, you know as well as I do that when you are outside on your lawn, and you've just had lunch or dinner and you smell somebody cooking on their barbecue you're hungry all over again can i get an amen (laughs) that even though you you you've just gone gone out for a meal that when you walk outside and and you smell a different restaurant that the 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 scent is wafting through the air and you smell that steak or whatever, like, man, that sounds good. (laughs) Amen. You see, part of the challenge is that we are creatures of habit. When we talk about going through the motions, we we go through the motions because we've got certain things set in place in our lives. Habits are not a bad thing. Habits habits are are good things when, when directed appropriately. Let me just uh, challenge you tonight, we, uh, we did this exercise many years ago, but I, I want to ask everybody to stand up, just so, you, so you've got, got room. You're not going to be active, you're just, just going to, you need a little bit get, get of, you, get you up. So I, I want everybody to fold your arms, fold your arms. Alright, so now I'm gonna ask you a few quick questions while you got your arms folded. Are you one hand on top? <laughs> so you have to think about it, you gotta look down. Are you no hands on top? Are you both hands on top? Is your left arm on top or your right arm on top? Alright, so here's your challenge. Switch your arms. <laughs> some people got to got to think a little bit harder on that one why because you, you're you've got a habit you didn't even recognize that you had the habit all right i want you to put your hands out in front of you i want you to just without even thinking about it, just just clasp your hands not clap clasp them clasp them all right so which hand has the index finger on top both? How do you have both on top? (laughs) All right, now, did that, you did that naturally because it's habit, now switch it. It doesn't feel right, does it? Doesn't feel right, does it? All right, go ahead, you can be seated. Thanks for Thanks for indulging me in that exercise. Most people get dressed in the same order. Are you a right shoe first or a left shoe first? How many of you are whichever one I find first? I had a feeling. You do these things without even realizing it. The propensity for developing habits... In terms of our walk with God, it can be good in some areas, but it also can be dangerous in others. Even godly activities can become mere habit. And it's not a bad thing that that we have habits in our relationship with God, it's a good thing to get up every morning and pray. It's a good thing to get up every morning and read your Bible. Those are good habits. But if you're just going through the motions because you're too tired, because uh, you're, you're not focused on, you're focused on whatever's happening in your day, if all you're doing is because of habit, then you've got to check yourself because those things are designed to build your relationship with God. Now, I, my wife can testify to the fact that, that she can talk to me and I may have, she uh, you know, calls me Joe Joe and I'll say, yeah, and she'll be talking to me, but I'm over here working and she'll have had a whole conversation with me. And I had no idea what she just said to me. Thankfully, after 24 years of marriage, she understands when I say, I'm sorry, I didn't get any of that. Can you repeat it? Because we get into habits. Because I'm so focused on this that I, 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 I'm not paying attention to the relationship over here. Praise God. the husbands hopefully you're on my side tonight (laughs) you are not a husband so (laughs) amen when we talk about worship how many times have you noticed that you were just singing the words and you weren't thinking about what you were singing it happens how many times have you said amen or hallelujah when the preacher was preaching and you have no idea what the preacher said. You just know it sounded like the right time to say it, but you were looking at your phone, or you were dealing with the kids. I'll give some people credit. Everybody, you all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Paul told the church of Corinth that he purposed to To sing with understanding also. When he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Talking about uh, speaking in other tongues. That that these things were to be done with purpose. With understanding. Our other modes of worship are no less vulnerable. Our verbal expressions of praise. you You can say the right words of praise and worship, but your heart or your mind are nowhere close to the same location right you've had to catch yourself at points haven't you when you're praising the Lord and, and all it is is words because your mind is, is thinking about something else that happens I I think I get what you're trying to say. Um, Like I said, habits are not a bad thing. Sometimes you, you sing the lyrics of the song simply because you know it so well. But that's where you've got to wrestle yourself back. We're talking about developing a righteous spiritual hunger. If we allow ourselves to continue in going through the motions, That's where the danger is. It's not that you've done it, because what that tells you, if you're able to just go through the motions, that tells you that you've developed good habits. When it comes to praise and worship, you've developed a good habit of praising. You know how to praise. You know how to worship. But now you've got to get yourself back, your mind and your heart, and connect it to what you're actually doing. Right? So, like for example, praying before meals. Right? What what's the what's the the famous children's prayers? Good God, good meat, good food, let's eat. What's that? What's that? God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. And you can say that without even... We did it as kids. And we did... We we put... When we would say that we just wanted the cookies and the juice. Brother Lee and I were reminiscing the other night when he, he found somewhere on the internet the same type of cookies and juice that we used to drink. It was awesome. It was the cheapest juice and cookies you could find at the grocery store. Because we were just Sunday school kids. We didn't, we didn't need steak. Praise God. All right, I got to get through my notes here. So, but what happens is, is we play that little internal tape recorder. But are we really in those moments giving God praise? Are we really seeking the Lord in that time of prayer are we really paying attention to what the Lord is trying to tell us in his word your daily prayer time can fall prey to the same thing where it becomes simply habit same phrases same words but no meaning Jesus addressed this in the next chapter Matthew 6 verse 7 he said, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, we love to use this verse to criticize people in false religious practices, but what if what if we're in the right religious practice? What if we're doing the right thing? But our hearts and minds are far from the Lord. Folks, I know we've got problems i know we've got issues of life i know we've got cares and concerns and worries and frustrations and and sicknesses and all these things that come against us i know we've got but that's where when we talk about a righteous spiritual hunger is that we wrestle ourselves back we we bring every thought to the obedience of christ we 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 bring those things in prayer. We're going to the right place. But we've got to bring the right things with us. Amen. Habits can be good. Habits can be dangerous. I want this life of serving God to remain fresh and vibrant and alive. Praise God. Amen. I, Brother Flores used to work uh, in the, uh, the produce section of Publix for years. Now, he could put out the same produce every day. What was there yesterday, he brings back today and puts it back out there. That's okay, maybe for a couple days. But would you want to buy produce that's been out there for a week, that's been out there for two weeks? By that point, it starts to go rotten. It starts to spoil. It starts to go bad. It was good for its time, the appropriate time. But just because it's the habit to put it out there doesn't mean you keep putting the same thing out there. There needs to be a freshness. There needs to be a renewal. There needs to be something that is alive. Praise God. I pray that we're not satisfied when we just go through the motions. I want in my life, and I pray for yours as well, that that there is an ongoing uh, rebirth of that righteous spiritual hunger in your personal consecration to the Lord. That it's fresh, that it's alive, that it's new. Praise God. So let's define spiritual hunger. When Jesus uh, spoke to his hearers on that day, he used the word hunger. That word hunger means to crave ardently, to seek with eager desires. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So that word hunger means to crave ardently, seek with eager desire. He wasn't talking about having the spiritual munchies. You know those cravings that I'm talking about. You're roaming around your house around 8 or 9 o'clock at night. You find your way to the kitchen. You just had a full dinner about two hours before. And now you're just looking for something to nibble on. happens at Christmas time when the family's together or Thanksgiving, when you know there's extra food. You don't want much, you just... Because you're not really that hungry. You're just doing it to distract yourself. Right? Jesus meant something significantly more than this. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, the same word that is used here to describe... The hunger that Jesus felt is the same word that Jesus used when he said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So Matthew chapter 4 verse 2 tells us that when he had fasted, this is Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. It's the same word. 'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on track with this this thought okay uh, I, we're, we're gonna we're gonna deal with that we're, we're, you're, you're going to essentially look at them as very similar things hunger and thirst is dealing with the same uh, uh, impulses that we're dealing with okay so I, I appreciate the question so the same word that was used when Jesus had fasted 40 days and how hungry do you think you would be starving almost literally starving your body is actually eating itself at that point how many want to go on 40 day fast <laughs> think of how hungry you would be after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and take that thought Take that understanding into the next chapter when Jesus said, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? We're not talking about the fact that you haven't eaten all day hungry. Folks, we got a problem. We... We are so spoiled in North America. We complain if we haven't eaten one meal, much less all day. We've even, we've even got new words combine, combining two words into one to help us understand and describe how we're feeling because we've gone all day without a meal. I've already used it. You've probably heard it. Hangry. Because we get grumpy when we haven't eaten. We start snapping at people when we haven't eaten. Because we're hungry. What we're talking about is we're talking about a hunger that comes after days and days without food. That's the type of hunger that Jesus is saying that we need to have righteously and spiritually for the things of God. That's the type of spiritual appetite that He wants us to have toward Him. Think about these verses in the Old Testament. Psalm 63, verse 1. The psalmist writes and says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsts for Thee. My flesh longs for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. How thirsty do you think you would be if you didn't know where your next drink of water is coming from? Some of you are already thirsty right now. Just at the thought of it. And you don't want to be the one to get up and go back and get a cup of water while pastor's talking. Just simply talking about it will cause somebody to be thirsty. But in time of drought, in time where there is no water available... how thirsty do you think you would be Psalm 42 verse number 1 very familiar scripture The psalmist says as the heart pants that's the deer after the water brooks so panteth my soul after thee O God my soul thirsteth for God for the living God when shall i come and appear before God you get the imagery you get the understanding of how desperate the psalmist is for the Lord and that's what we're talking about developing a righteous spiritual hunger thirst for the Lord The reason that we're calling this adding the word righteous not just talking about a spiritual hunger is because man is inherently spiritually hungry. Man is inherently spiritually hungry. Remember that you are more than just the accumulation of your DNA. You've got approximately 32 teeth. 206 bones, 640 muscles that have names, and uh, I think it's uh, uh, thousands of smaller, unnamed muscles. I challenge you tonight to count the 100,000 hairs that are on your body, covered with six and a half square feet of skin. Not, Not thinking about the the thousands of miles of blood vessels. That's all we see. But that's not who we are. Understand tonight that first and foremost, we are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings. And we are simply housed in this time until... The Lord calls us home. We are housed in this physical body. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 7. Solomon says that then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. The spirit shall return unto God who gave it. You are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. And you are Abiding in this flesh on this earth for a time. And your life is but a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Paul put it this way in second Corinthians chapter five, verse number one. He says, For we know that if our earthly house, it's our bodies, If our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so with this understanding, it is reasonable to accept that there is a spiritual appetite in every living man and woman. There's a spiritual appetite in every living man and woman. You don't really have to do anything to develop a spiritual appetite. You can travel to the remote corners of the earth and examine people who have never been exposed to Christianity or even other religions, and they'll still be worshiping something. Why is that? Because God has given to every man and woman that that God-sized hole, that God-sized pocket, so to speak. He's given each of us a spiritual appetite. That's why the Scripture tells us, does not nature itself teach you about the Lord? There is a gnawing emptiness in man and that can only be satisfied with close communion and relationship with God. There's an old song. I'm not going to dare try to sing it. Because even though I've sort of got the tune, I don't quite have it. But it says only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only He can cleanse your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew love and joy, and heaven too. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. So the challenge is, is not developing a spiritual hunger or a spiritual appetite, for we have that. But rather it's in developing a righteous spiritual appetite. A righteous spiritual appetite. Taking that innate spiritual desire that, that God has given to each of us and directing it in a righteous path, avoiding the, the temporary satisfaction of worldly, uh, worldly things, temporal, uh, temporal things that, that try to fill that void in our lives. Rather, we need to cultivate that, that spiritual hunger that is directed in the path of righteousness. You see, a righteous spiritual hunger is dissatisfied with anything less than the genuine article. A righteous spiritual hunger will not be content with a White Castle burger when steak is on the menu. I just offended my wife. She loves White Castle. And so over the next few weeks, the hope is, the prayer is, is that we take the things that we've learned about the blessed man and we begin to apply also and seek out and desire to develop in us if we want to be the blessed man to develop in us as the blessed man a righteous spiritual hunger. God offers blessings on those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That hungering, that thirsting should be, needs to be intense within us. Not content to just go through the motions that it will catch you in those moments, that that righteous spiritual hunger will catch yourself in those moments when your mind is elsewhere other than on God, when you're praying, when you're worshiping, when you're reading the Scripture. That righteous spiritual hunger will draw you back and say, "I I want to commune with the Lord. Those appetites must be focused on righteous things in order to obtain the blessing that God promised in in our text. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. As you pray in this coming week, ask God to prepare your heart for renewed righteous spiritual hunger. There's a story about a proud young man who came to Socrates. And he asked Socrates for knowledge. He walked up to the muscular philosopher and said, Oh great Socrates, I come to you for knowledge. Socrates recognized a a pompous numbskull when he saw one. So he led the young man through the streets down to the sea. And chest deep in the water. Then he asked, what do you want? Knowledge, O oh wise Socrates, said the young man with a smile. Socrates put his strong hands on the man's shoulders and promptly pushed him under the water. Thirty seconds later, Socrates let him up. What do you want, he asked again. Wisdom, the young man sputtered. "O oh, great and wise Socrates. Socrates crunched him under the water again. Thirty seconds passed. Forty seconds passed. Socrates led him up. The man gasping as Socrates says, What do you want, young man? Between heavy and deep breaths, followed the wheezing young man's voice, Knowledge, oh wise and wonderful, and he pushes him back under the water. Forty seconds passed this time. Fifty seconds passed. He lets him back up. What do you want? Air! Air! I need air! When you want knowledge, as is what he said, just as you have wanted air, then you will have knowledge. And the same with us as we develop a righteous spiritual hunger when you crave, hunger, desire the things of God, a right relationship, righteousness that flows from the Lord, when you want that more than your daily bread, like we talked about with the blessed man, when you want that more than anything else in life, when it becomes heir to your love, then you will have developed a righteous spiritual hunger. Praise God. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, God, for the opportunity for a relationship with you, for communion with you, that in our times of prayer, in our times of worship, in our times of reading and studying your word that god you are you are communing with us in those moments you are showing us revealing to us who you are god i pray tonight as as we all seek to be blessed as we serve you and walk with you i pray god help us to understand those things that we need to do in our lives to develop that righteous spiritual hunger. Those things, Lord, that like the blessed man, that he was able to cast off those other influences and that he purposed to speak for for the things of God. I pray, Lord, let that be us tonight. Draw us ever closer to you. Help us to make those choices and decisions. Every day I pray. We love you tonight. We search for you. We seek for you. We long for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you tonight.